life can get pretty complicated. In the Simply Practically Human podcast, Mark Labusk talks to incredible humans to see the way forward more clearly through the complexity in the world and in our heads. Let's get ready to thrive. Hey, g'day there, fellow humans. Mark Labusk here for the Simply Practically Human podcast. Today, short, sharp, solo and self-indulgent edition, I want to talk a bit about this idea of choice and really pertaining to a lot of conversations I've been having recently, whether they're coaching conversations or just general conversations with people about thinking about what do I do now? Because we've had a lot of time to think about what we're going to do now with what's happened in the last couple of years. And today I just wanted to share five or six ideas for you to consider if you are at a point where you're like, I want to get out or I've just taken a package or I'm not quite sure what's going to happen next to me or a whole lot of thoughts amongst the 65,000, up to 65,000 thoughts we can have each day, these things start to play on your mind. So just consider these six things in this, I'm going to say, very, very short, sharp edition today. And this is some of the advice I've been giving just recently. And I'd say it would be some advice that I gave myself eight years ago when I stepped out of the corporate world and into the world of running your own business, which is bloody scary. So the first one, and I hear this a lot, that when people maybe go off to the outplacement agency or they hire a career coach or whatever it might be, a lot of times I hear people have to create a list of what they, what do you want to do? So what do you want to do next? Write down a bit of a list of what would you love to do? What are some of the organizations you'd love to work with and the sort of people that you'd love to be the person managing you? And I think that's not a bad approach, but I reckon a better one to start with is work out what you don't want to do first. Because in some conversations I've had recently, I hear people saying, I could do this and I could do that and I could do a bit of this and I've got a bit of experience there. And I think there's a bit of a uh, safety mechanism going on there to go, well, if that one doesn't work out, I can always go and do that, even though I don't like it that much, but I could do it. I really don't like that option, but you know, if things get desperate, that's where I could go to. So we end up with this confusion that goes on where we can't get really clear about what is next. So start with what you don't want to do first. And that could come in a whole lot of ways. It could be around you don't want to work with certain types of people. You don't want to work in a certain sized organization. You don't want to work the traditional, let's call it nine to five, but we all know that's bullshit, the um, seven to seven role that you've had for the last 22 years. So sit down with a pen and paper and write down the things that you don't want to do. And just to give you some examples of that, when I did head out of the corporate jungle, as I'll call it, there was one thing that I was very determined that I would never do again, and that was to go back in there. Now, that's scary in itself, because uh, if things didn't quite work out with marklabus.com, I might not have had much choice, although I did tell myself that I would go and do anything but go back, and not because... I didn't like the people and some of the work I did. It was just that I didn't particularly feel that I fitted into that system anymore. And it wouldn't allow me to live the life that I was looking to live. So start there. Number one, 
Work out what you don't want to do rather than putting together a list of the 10 things I would like to do because those 10 things will have you confused. The second one is think about the transferability of your skills and think about your skills from two perspectives and that is from the technical perspective. What do I bring? What's the knowledge I've acquired? What sort of programs, courses, short courses, whatever it might be that I've done and also your human skills, essential human skills. You know that I have an absolute disgust at the term soft skills, so let's call them essential human skills. So sit down again, take a bit of time, get yourself some quiet time and think about what are my transferable skills? What are the things that whilst my CV will say that I've worked in a particular industry, um, what are some of those skills that I've built that would be transferable into other industries? We should not become our CV. And I think that's a trap a lot of people fall into when they get into the, I've really got to get another job. And, you know, with the way things are going at the moment, I guess with a quick jump in interest rates here in Australia and some concerns around inflation and whatnot, people who are stepping out, even maybe with a package, will be thinking, I've got to get another job quickly. So the first thing they do is become their CV. So don't do that. Think about your transferable skills, the intangible skills, the ones we don't see on the performance scorecard, but the ones that get the work done because you are empathetic, because you are compassionate, because you're a good listener and you're understanding. Also because you can make decisions when they need to be made and you can make unpopular decisions and say what needs to be said at times. So get a list of those things and step away from this idea that I've got to go and have a look in the same industry because that's where I'm going to pick up my next job when maybe that's not exactly what you want to do. While you're doing that one, I want you to what I call revisit your go story. And what I mean by that, not a ghost story, a go story is you can look at this one from three angles, fellow humans. You can look at it from what am I great at? You can look at it, what am I known for? Or you can look at it from what's unique about me. And it's time for you to be bold when you do this because it's really important that, particularly if you're going to go into an interview process, that you're not going in there half-cocked or half-assed about, oh, yeah, look, I think I'm good at this or I'm sort of okay at this. I think people would know me for this, but I'm not sure because they've never told me. Or, oh, you know, there's not really anything unique. I'm just like the next person. I'm just, you know get in, do my job, get out again, I'm a hard worker, I'm innovative, I'm collaborative, I'm conscientious, all of those blah, blah, blah words that we hear and just sit down and go, what is my ghost story today? When was the last time I looked at what I'm great at at what I'm known for and what's unique about me and spend the time in creating the story of you? Now, on the one around what you're known for, the best thing to do there is check in with some people who are going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And they'll go a bit deeper about why you're known for that. So reach out to some people on that one. With the one on what you're great at, really, it'll come back to you spending a bit of time and just, I guess, getting back through that good news filing cabinet in your head with those successes, those wins, the things that you've excelled at, the things that you Every time there's a particular requirement, you seem to be the one that gets the call up. 
And the uniqueness one's interesting as well because we're all unique in some way, but we don't spend enough time thinking about that. So have a little bit of a think about what is it? What is it about you that makes you unique? And be bold and be courageous enough to to use this as building what I'm going to say will become part of your new CV, which will be less about 25 years of cost reduction and excellence in this or I sold the most widgets from my company in the last 20 years. Like I'm not looking for that stuff and I think a lot of people aren't these days. In fact, organisations are far more open now to taking the chance, taking the risk to get transferable skills into their organisation and sort of break some of the the antiquated silo mentality about, oh, well, you don't really know the job. Where's your experience? So you can't be experienced without having some experience. And I think that's what organisations are looking for today. So there's a few for you already. Now, the next one, get some downtime. So if you are transitioning or if you're in a position where And I'm not saying everybody is, but if you are fortunate enough to be in a position where you can get some downtime, I want you to be really, really clear about how much of that time do you think is going to, you're going to be comfortably uncomfortable with so that you're not sort of sitting there every day going, oh, shit, I should be looking through the papers. I should be in seek. I should be having an interview today. I should be doing something about my CV. Get yourself some downtime. Don't be in a rush. And... Think about it across these five different areas. Some time for yourself, some time with your family and friends, some time with community, some time with sleep. Sleep's very important. And I also will say a bit of time here, even though you're getting some downtime, there should be a little bit of time allocated to what you're thinking about work. And it might be doing the work of what you don't want to do next. It might be the work of thinking of your transferable skills. It might be revisiting your ghost story. It's certainly not, the work piece is not about going out and having an interview every day. It's about doing the work of you that's going to help you to land in whatever work it is you're looking to land in down the track. I'm going to put a little link in this podcast episode around a thing I call the weekly time tally. And it's a great opportunity for you to, with what I'm going to say is a, I think a pretty impressive Excel spreadsheet now that, thank you, Pagey put together for me with a nice little chart in it as well, which gives you a chance to like physically track your time over two weeks, your 168 hours each week of how you spend it with sleeping on yourself, with your family and friends in community and in work, just to get a sense of what does that look like now? What did it look like when I was in the workplace? What is it looking like now when I've got a bit of downtime? How am I using that? which then takes us beautifully into the next one, which is once you've established that over a couple of weeks and, you know, this old new start, new you stuff, and I'm, I'm going to make some assumptions here that some of you are doing really well in that space and you've got a really good ritual in place. So create some new rituals or you maybe not need significant new rituals, just maybe add some little things in to what you're doing. So, you know, make work part of the ritual have them allocated time, as I said before, but just think about some things that maybe have fallen by the wayside over the time when you were too busy to maybe look after yourself a little bit better than what you have been. You were too busy to go and do something that you loved doing 5, 10, 15 years ago that you haven't been able to do because you felt like you've had the ball and chain around 
your leg and that's been very, very closely attached to somewhere near your desk or in your um, home office or whatever it might be. And every time you went straight too far from the computer, some sort of buzzer went off to alert people that you weren't at your desk. So starting to think about what might that be like. So, you know, I've talked about this before. I have a pretty solid ritual now of a morning. It's a, usually a 5 a.m. feed the dogs because as soon as I get up, they think it's feed time. They then go back to bed. That's their ritual. So feed the dogs, 20-minute breathing exercise, 20 minutes of strength training, 20 minutes of high-intensity training, and then depending upon the type of recovery I'm wanting to have, it's either a 20 minutes of the sauna at about 60 degrees with a cold shower in between, back in the sauna for 20 again, cold shower at the end, sitting with that body temperature for 10 minutes, going and making myself a smoothie, and then having a shower and getting ready for the day. That's two hours a day. That's a ritual I've put into place. Do I do it every day? Pretty much. If I'm away traveling, I'll have to find other ways to modify that. If there's not a sauna, well, so be it. But it is now something that I think is important to me to be in the right mental frame of mind as my day kicks off. So have a think about it. What would it be for you that you'd like to do? So let me talk about the final one here. And this is something I've thrown at people a bit lately when they've sort of gone to the stage of, oh, well, this is what I am and this is what I'll always be and this is my CV and here's where I've worked and this is the industry and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, hey, unless you haven't been looking, and I hate to call it this, but the world of work has changed somewhat. So there seems to be more of an appetite that Perhaps it's not about the seven to seven or the nine to five or whatever sort of hours you want to put against it, depending upon what your latest work-life balance policy is, that perhaps you look at it in a different way now that if things that are important to you are being around human beings and doing good work and feeling appreciated and feeling acknowledged and all this sort of stuff, you don't necessarily have to go back into a traditional nine to fiver to get that. So here's something you might want to think about is that maybe it's a transition phase for you. Maybe maybe the next 12 months to 24 months, you might experiment a little bit. And I think experimentation is absolutely the key. If you're in that situation that you don't want to say, I've got to get another job straight away, or you don't have to, that perhaps you experiment for the next 12 months. And you say, I know I've got the necessary skills, both human skills and technical skills to do a certain type of work and say for instance that works project management so maybe start to look around for some project management roles that are short-term contract roles there's some great organizations out there these days i know i had recently michelle fotheringham the founder of the company workling on my podcast and michelle is doing some incredible stuff with helping people to find a new way to work and a a more enjoyable way that helps them to do all of these other things, creating the rituals, getting some downtime, working out what they don't want to do. So perhaps it's about transitioning and maybe it's a three-month contract or a six-month contract, then with a couple of months off and then go again. Maybe it is three-month stuff because you want to do it more short-term. Maybe it's also important to be clear, not maybe, it is more important to be clear with perhaps the agency or potential employer, that that's the work you're looking for. 
that don't come to me in six weeks' time when I'm only six weeks into a three-month contract and say, oh, we really want to put you on full-time and here's what we can do for you because that's not what you're looking to do. So be really clear about I don't want a full-time job. What I'm keen on is doing some contract work because it gives me the connection with human beings. It gives me the opportunity to, to deliver using the skills that I have and it gives me a chance to be acknowledged and appreciated. So that's another way of looking at it. And you might experiment with that for a while and that might become a transition into your full-time gig, which could be down the pathway of consultancy rather than the full-time gig in, in a traditional workplace. So there's just some things for you to think about. What I do want you to understand is you do have a choice. And it can always be, well, most of us do have a choice. I, I'm, I can't speak for everyone because I don't know exactly their circumstances. But even for those that are under the pump and feel they need to get straight back into something, there is some choices you can make there. So I want you to think about it. Before you say, I've got to go and get another job, most likely close to the job I already had, same sort of industry, same sort of sector or department, before you go and do that, Check in on those six things. Do the work and you might be surprised in what you find that there's a whole new way of working out there that may suit you more and not only help you to enjoy your work, but enjoy a whole lot of other aspects of your life. So there you go. Short, sharp and um, self-indulgent. Maybe not as self-indulgent this week. Hey, if you love this one, give us a little review on Apple Podcasts and rate it five stars. And if you liked it, Share it with your friends. I'm sure you've got a few. If not just you, you've got others who are going through this exact thing right now. So I'm going to leave you with the usual words about keep it simple, keep it practical, and keep it human. Bye for now. <laughs>